0: Welcome back. Uh, all the breakages have been fixed and now we are back. So, had Pussy trouble. Yep, yeah, my cat was being, well, living in accordance with his nature and just being a general nuisance, mm. but we love him. Um, so, in our last segment, if you have taken a couple hours or a couple days between parts, uh, we talked about um, how our words have meaning and how we have to negotiate through the meanings that individuals, groups, societies, we all give to words and how it's not as easy as it seems and it's uh, definitely as easy as it feels, uh, hard as it feels. And how our actions also have similar consequences um, in relation to how we interact with other people. and. What our actions mean so we're going to get into in this part we're going to get into um the topic of meaning and uh free will as well as move into um is it how we make meaning
1: oh sorry you're asking
0: yeah well <laughs> sorry i
1: i my my
0: notes are
1: no uh, I, I guess i was sort of getting it. I, i'm, I'm gonna get into um how free will applies to meaning because what we choose to do with our freedom and our free will is based on the things that we apply meaning to. Right. Um, Ideally, most people do things that they don't find meaningful just because it's comfortable or unpleasurable. And we all have leisure. That's the sort of the point of having fun. Okay.
0: So before we start, I I know you're ready to go and you're chomping at the bit. I (laughs) want to define one term free will (laughs) what are we talking about when we say free will because like a lot of people are like the ability to do whatever i want whenever i want i should be able to crush cinder blocks in my head
1: (laughs) Mm. well that's sort of a discussion of its own because then you're saying Mm. like should is um is how we should apply free will Mm -hmm. so it's more of um that that's more of a discussion of like metaphysics or religion, or something like that. So so I'm talking about volition, the things we choose to do, just the very basic, when we talk about free will, lifting my hand because I chose to lift my hand, whether you agree with it or not, whether it's deterministic or not, whether my molecules and atoms and the structure of the universe meant that at that point in time I was going to do it no matter what, irrelevant to the discussion. All we're talking about is volition and uh, uh, choice.
0: Okay, so... Uh, I think that's actually a good baseline for that because we're not going to be talking about like, what does it mean to choose? Oh, Not today, but we will get there. That's it's on like, my list. <laughs> it's probably simpler. It sounds like it's all those deep questions that really just irk me because it's just like, well, you, that one over that one. Done. Move well, you on. You haven't heard good arguments, though. Uh, <laughs> I've heard good arguments. I've just heard a lot of bad ones. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Tainted. The subject is taint. Yeah. Don't let university get in the way of your education, folks. Yes, Mark Twain, giver. I gotta assign Mark Twain more. He's great. All right. So, why don't you take us away on uh, that tangent you were going to get onto? Because I okay. Was, uh...
1: So, so starting off, we went from words, and uh, we talked about insult and injury and things like that, and then we went on to actions and how our actions have implied consequences, but they're also derived from our belief systems and the structures of of our our core ideals, uh, our interpretations of the world and all that kind of fancy stuff. So our actions and our words are influenced heavily by the background from which they were drawn. Uh, Those backgrounds can differ, vary between people, cultures and, and ethnicities. So naturally there are gonna be conflicts with people's belief systems and their interpretations of harm and what's harmful and maybe be reluctant to mitigate those harms for an absence of forethought or empathy towards other people. Mm. Uh, sometimes other people are going overboard in considering that they think that their own core beliefs are sufficient to impose uh, restrictions on other people's rights just because of their own personal core beliefs. And I'm saying that too is wrong as all things we need moderation. So there's a balance to be found between both people, both the loudmouth assholes like me, and the really soft-hearted, kind, dear people who are easily hurt. Um, Both sides need to find a a middle ground. And communication, um, the overarching theme to this whole discussion is that communication is the key to that. The key to finding the most balance between peoples and between ideologies and to cause the least amount of harm when we go about our day-to-day lives to, uh, to others in the world around us is to be able to have conversations and restricting speech or censorship itself is not conducive to that. It's more of an agonist. It it makes the problem worse. Not mm-hmm. only does it not fix it, but it actually gets worse. So stemming from that free will and the freedom of choice and exercising that free will comes into play because there are always going to be situations and people who believe that their own core beliefs are enough for them to not be Um, restricted or limited in their expression of those set core beliefs. So things like our dreams and goals and what we want to do with our lives and how we go about uh, helping others and the goodness that we project into the world, bless you, (laughs) the goodness that we project into the world, those types of things are choice. Um, We choose what's most meaningful and easiest for us oftentimes to apply in our daily lives in order to achieve or maximize the potential of achieving our our said goals. So for example, I'm clearly biased towards freedom of speech. I don't equivocate on it whatsoever. Part of that's because I used to listen to rap music starting way back in the 90s, and in that time, people were trying to sue rappers for the words that they say in songs. You can't have rap without freedom of speech. Yeah, and basically back <laughs> then, rap was mostly about freedom of speech and racism because those were the two biggest issues that surrounded the the culture of hip-hop in general.
0: Yeah, looking at UNWA.
1: <laughs> but <clears throat> what's important to note with free will is that it's a power that comes with responsibility so just because you're allowed to do something and just because i encourage people to exercise their rights that does not mean to wantonly disregard everybody else around you because that's selfish and selfishness is not um
0: virtuous well one of this is a, this is a really good point and i feel like a lot of people are actually uh making this point lately and it's almost this new point that we seem to be rediscovering because the obverse of it is that you have responsibility with your freedom of speech because when you're irresponsible with it you well you're hurting yourself you have the freedom to completely screw up your life Mm -hmm. um and like i could go and i have economic freedom more or less in in our country so what i could do with that freedom is i could go up to random people and just give away all my stuff That wouldn't be very responsible use of my economic freedom. Mm -hmm. I could also just go up to a police officer and say, you know, some – I could lie with my freedom of speech and end up getting beaten and shot and put away forever. It's not a very good use of my freedom, so I have to be – little wise and to put it like that i know it's a very crass way of putting it but i think it illustrates the point where it's not about like well can people be trusted to not say this word or make fun of these people it's like a lot of people can but a lot of it's like oh man oh yeah enlightened self-interest i would say maybe mm-hmm. so and it would be because you're in want your own interest in to be
1: good to people <laughs> yeah and and you want to live in a world where everybody's good to each other because that makes your world better your life experience is better when people are good to each other so game theory suggests that we should all try to work together toward that same goal because that's the only way that we maximize our potential outcomes but game theory also suggests that as soon as there is one person who decides like the prisoner's dilemma um as soon as one person decides that they want to get more gain out of a situation than others are allowed to have themselves. And when that gain is mutually exclusive to the gain of others, then you have conflicts that are entirely preventable. Mm -hmm. And the way to prevent that is through the acknowledgement of people's belief systems being different and describing and discussing those belief systems, not to change them entirely, but to gain perspective and point of view from both sides not just for those two people, but everybody around them. We can all learn by consequence and proximity to these types of conflicts, should we choose to investigate them or mm-hmm. actually ruminate. And one of the big problems we have with uh, stifling speech, uh, whether it's in the workplace or in schools where they, they cancel speak guest speakers because they don't like the content, or if you wanna cancel a white Nazi or a white supremacist rally, I understand. You should go protest against the protesters, you know. But yeah, uh, one of the things you should do is like
0: one of the things you should do is let them speak because it's just like, no, no, go ahead. <clears throat> say what you want to say. No, no, I'm not going to stop you. Say yeah. everything you want to say. In fact, I will help you record it and disseminate it. Yeah. <laughs> go on. I'll encourage you because <laughs> like but
1: what you why don't would you stop them?
0: Just <laughs> tell them they can't have a rally
1: because that means that they can tell you you can't have a rally. And then everybody loses their freedom over nothing, like over an idea so stupid that you could counter it with a single argument. There's no scientific data to prove that. That's your argument. (laughs) It's not like saying one plus one, because the meaning of one plus one, when I mention it to you in in conversation, how many nights did you stay at the hotel? Well, I stayed there yesterday and the day after. One plus one in words is a priori always true, Two. It's well, actually,
0: good. it's equals 24 hours. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but the, the thing is, there are some things that you can say that are verifiably, provably true or false. And those things that you, you can go out and I would say, and this is just my belief and opinion, that those things you could tell people they're not allowed to say when the case is that it's proven true,
0: that that thing is harmful to people. Well, I can but, say 2 plus 2 is 5 in the context of this situation. But if I publish it as a paper in a mathematical journal saying, actually, 2 plus 2 equals 5, then everyone's going to be like, like no. <laughs>
1: <What>? <laughs> 2 plus 2 does actually equal 5 if you consider infinite values of 2. So if, if you take
0: 2.99999 yeah, nine, of saying actually
1: <laughs> it does technically <laughs> equal 5. But again, there's a mathematical proof for it. <laughs> yeah but within the context of utility and for for the purposes of our discussion if you're if if you're saying something can't be said i would say that you have to be able to prove that that thing can't be true and then you still have to let them say it but you have to give the caveat that here's here's where you find the proof that it's wrong
0: well and this is where it comes in where we don't know what's true we're stupid all of us we're all equally stupid um and we can work from first principles but after a couple first principles stuff starts to get really complicated Mm -hmm. and so we can say something is true this is this is what's happening over there it's like no like uh, that you need to actually make that an actual truth you can't just tell me that well no and then we're gonna work from that and then we're gonna work from this and here's what's going on it's like Okay, now you're now you're just manufacturing consent to of your bad behavior. And I'm not okay with that. But what we can do is we can that's what we have discussions is we why we're doing this, because there's a lot of things that we think are true, and then we discuss them we're like, wow, that was a stupid idea. Seem true. And that's what happens is that I see this a lot, is that if there's sometimes when you feel something's true. And that feels really good. Oh, I'm so smart. I feel like this is true. This is, uh, you know, it makes sense. It makes sense. But makes sense doesn't mean it's true. Makes sense means feels good. Yeah, and... there are a lot of things in nature that don't make sense
1: that are true. Like yeah. the Heisenberg Uncertainty Principle or like the Pauli exclu- Exclusion Principle or, you know, like the rate of fall off of gravitational forces is every little fact that has been gathered.
0: Yeah. Every little fact that you see on the internet has been gathered from science. That's weird. Those are things that don't really quite make sense, but are true. The platypus doesn't make sense, but it's true. (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) But there are a lot of things like that. And in language, even though we can say and believe that things are wrong, like white supremacy I say and believe that it's wrong, and my only evidence is a lack of evidence. So I have to admit that I can't possibly know it factually. Oh, yeah. I have to allow somebody to give me their best argument and discuss
0: it with them. Can I make an argument then? Absolutely. I can make a truthful argument. We have had a test case of white supremacy, and it didn't. It worked so poorly that we had to put it down with a new world war. Uh, so... <laughs> But but that's an anecdote because it's one
1: situation. Okay, the proof is something that's universally now absolute.
0: Well, it's absolute that the Second World War happened and that the Nazi regime was falling apart. But that's true. A lot of people try and tell you that the Nazi regime was this authoritarian thing that was actually had a lot of good stuff and associate it uh, and associate with it. Please read the Third Reich trilogy by Richard J. Evans. It will show you how much of an absolute cluster the entire Third Reich was and how it didn't work at all. (laughs) Mm. So, because when you base something on untruths, not just an untruth of white supremacy, when you base it on any untruth well, you're coming up against reality. And I think when you act upon an untruth, bad things happen. What I'm trying to say
1: is that they should be allowed to speak no matter how vehemently I disagree with them. Yes. Whereas... Promoting the same type of, I, we talked about this in another episode. Where if you give an equal platform to a really small group of loud people, it makes gives the public perception that they have a valid or an equally valid argument to the other side, mm-hmm. which has overwhelming evidence and all of you know the world's scholars agree. We get like the climate
0: change or the Bolsheviks and the Mensheviks. <sighs> you get one party calling themselves the majority party, literally, and the other one calling them the minor themselves the minority party. Yeah. And it's like, like wait, <laughs> like Taiwan claiming they're China,
1: so they they can't satisfy all these border claims because they don't have control of China. But now,
0: if they, they also say they're better China, them. I'll agree with them. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I guess what's important about it though is that to um, to restrict or limit free will because of the damage it causes causes more damage than the damage it causes. That's sort of what I'm getting at, and by By free will, once again, we're just talking about what we choose to say, how we choose to dress, how we express ourselves by choice, Mm -hmm. which may inadvertently affect other people negatively. Um, But that also discounts the positive things that free will does, because when you know that somebody doesn't have to give their money to you when you're hungry and they do it anyway, it's much more meaningful to us. The gesture of generosity means something to us a lot more when it's voluntary. Whereas if you went around door to door with a gun in your hand and said, feed the poor, feed the poor,
0: <laughs> you could yeah. do it and you'd be feeding people. But like, the- well, it's like uh, the Hare Krishnas when they used to give you a flower and say, bless you. And then they'd be like, now donate. They'd yeah. wait till you, <laughs> they would guilt you, which is not a very charitable thing to do it out of guilt. And but one could argue that, oh, well, there's no free will. So take something like what I'm wearing right now. I'm wearing a collar. Because I think I look quite dashing in it. I decided to wear this. Yeah, thanks. I I, I try out of my own free will. But this is something that's important uh, for the conversation actually is cause I try it out of my free will to look presentable. Now you say that, Oh no, you didn't have free will. You chose that because you out of, you were actually didn't have any options. And that would have been the one you chose anyway, because we don't actually have free will because your choices are purely informed by the knowledge structures in society. And therefore, because you're white and male, you would have chosen that one because it emphasizes the power in your, uh, that you're expressing over the conversation but in reality i really like the way this one fits and i think it complements you know the whole thing here and that's like i like it and yes as a society we do have very arbitrary fashion things um a collar is kind of there as a way you know it evolved from things that you know warm up the neck when we didn't have heating they hold fat in (laughs) yeah like it 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 holds you know and you see the neck and it emphasizes the face and it it brings it away from some certain curves that may not actually be there and it slowly evolved into what we have here a collared shirt period buttons buttons are a very simple way of getting something on and off uh we could use zippers but historically we have this so everything's historically informed as you said in the very beginning of this and so I would argue that whether or not we do actually have free will doesn't matter. We have to actually act as if we have free will, because as far as we're concerned, we still have to make the decisions as it seems. We can't just like go with the flow and just, you know,
1: but choosing uh, to go with the flow is a choice. It is a thing. So some, some, if you had, um, if you were making your own clothes, you probably wouldn't have made a collared shirt, but because you don't, you don't make your own clothes because that's ridiculous. It's way quicker and more cost effective to have, a giant loom do all
0: the all of our oh yeah although our, it is it is gratifying to make something yourself but you're not it's 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 a project uh, where the journey is the goal Not. but you the wouldn't end have been the
1: person to invent the collar chances no. are you might have been like i can't say that for certain but chances no. are you wouldn't have been the first person ever to invent a collar had ever what if it was the norm for everybody to make their own clothes so part of it comes down to access and proximity like we were talking about before right. So in, in a society where there are no cars, it's really weird for a person to have a car. In a society where there are tons of cars, it's weird for a person who doesn't have a car. But there are infinite variability in between. You could have a bike with a motor, a bike without a motor, a bike that pedals and charges a battery, you know, a bike with just a battery, but only one gear motor. Like, Yeah, so, infinite
0: variation in uh, finite uh, yeah, the, the point diversity. Yeah. Is-
1: to sort of get away from the absolutes that you were mentioning there about like whether or not you wear that one specific shirt. I mean, why can't I
0: wear a suit of armor? Like (laughs) that would be awesome. (laughs) The
1: free will choice aspect of it though, mean doesn't mean that you absolutely had no influences whatsoever. It means that you've had tons of influences and then you chose.
0: I took like, into account the societal. Well, I took into account the societal uh perceptions of others. I, I'm taking into account what other people think. But I don't like go into a mall into shirtless. Your inventory.
1: You're just looking at the shirts available to you and you're picking one and some of them are gonna have collars. That's gonna greatly influence the odds that you're gonna pick a collared shirt. Yeah,
0: and then time and place comes into that. But like if I had a suit of armor, I'd be tempted. But like <laughs> if I'm going to a job interview, I would uh I'd be like, that would be funny, but I shouldn't.
1: We should open a frivolous Gravitas store and sell some merch.
0: <laughs> Have like chain mail for a tie. <laughs> yeah, we should. If Okay. Um, Call it Canadian boss, silk. If anyone's watching at this point, um, comment what you would buy if there was frivolous Gravitas merch. Get creative. Use yeah. your free will. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, back to the discussion. Yeah, Away from the shameless self-promotions. <laughs> don't even have a store <laughs>
1: no but we're gonna get one now i'm fixated yeah. <laughs> so i i think the important aspect to focus on though with free will is not to um to obsess over the minutia of detail with this regard because the way we're talking about it in the sense of ascribing meaning and things is it's basically what dictates how we act our free free will like the choices we make and the freedoms that we exercise are based on the things we find valuable or meaningful. And if they're not, then you're probably living a really hollow existence and doesn't really apply anyway because your actions don't change anyone if you're not if you're not uh, highly motivated or emotionally charged
0: well, in those actions. And that's that is a very sad existence. But even within that say like I don't find civilization very meaningful and you see a lot of uh vietnam vets had done this they 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 went through hell and they came back and everyone hates them so like nuts to this and they went and like uh, world war ii vets did this too uh you found a lot of them um just living in the hills like they got a rifle made a hut just lived quietly on their own which in all honesty dealing with ptsd was maybe not the healthiest thing but we didn't really know how to deal with it back then as well as we do now. Uh, But that was their use of their free will saying like, well, if I'm going to have some meaning to my life, it's not going to be here. I'm going to go over there and live on my own. And um, this was, uh, if anyone's younger is watching this, this was a very common thing uh, in the later half of the 20th century. You get the, just old vietnam vets wandering around in the wilderness and you get a trope in movies where it's like meet one in the wild and it's like hey what are you doing here and he's just got his rifle because he's hunting or something and then
1: the burly then, woodsman
0: yeah that guy <laughs> he's got like a saigon tattoo or a marine corps thing or something
1: hillroy across as a tramp stamp yeah
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oof but oof. uh yeah. it's that's their choice and we and the thing i think i'm leading into is that whether or not someone makes bad decisions or bad use of their free will is something that needs to be respected. Unless, as you said, it infringes on the uh, well-being and, uh, I guess, the freedom of others to do th- make their choices. But um, we should always discuss it. Oh yes, like, definitely. Respecting
1: somebody else's um, beliefs doesn't mean that they're untouchable or they're in some glass shelter behind bulletproof tough right. line.
0: And you said we need to be good, and we should strive to be good. But this does not mean. And I know, I know, a lot of people think this is going to sound like a Nazi, but I'm not. Being good does not mean being nice. True. And the best some, teachers are usually the ones who are a bit. Uh, oh my, mm-hmm. thesis advisor tore my first draft up i did not feel good he was being good at his job he did a really good job in just being like red right across everything yeah and, and it helped me it made me become more than what it was and the thing is is it allows me to use my free will and have a thicker richer meaning imbued into that paper and that was what was helpful so being good doesn't mean like, oh, I'm good. Nothing's, nothing's bad. Everything's heaven. It's like, no, 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 no. Heaven isn't that. The meaning and you want is heaven is living with a rich meaning in life. And That's where I
1: think intention matters more than the actual act or word. Intention of a deed, the free will, like the, the factors that went into making that choice of mm-hmm. words or that choice of action, those freedoms, um, not. Not to say that they can't be questioned or, um, um, what do you call that, criticized. It's not to say we shouldn't be critical of other people's choices, but it's to say that they should be allowed to have them and we should be allowed to contest them. Mm -hmm. Insofar Um, as they're not deliberately
0: harmful, because that's what crime is
1: supposed to be um, preventing, is deliberate offense to other people's freedoms.
0: Yeah. I think intention is... Uh, can be a little dangerous though because i remember using intention as a bit of a cop-out when i was younger uh well i intended to do the right thing say yeah well you didn't (laughs) and uh well no it's because you know you can say stuff like well i intended so i should be absolved of responsibility and intention i think should not absolve one of responsibility no absolutely Uh, if you intended to not hit anybody on the way to work and you hit somebody on the way to work well it's well, it's a thought that counts. It's like, no, someone has a broken leg and you are not a bad person for hitting him, but you do have to, you know, make good. You got to pay their hospital fees or you have to, uh, you know, you have to pay the piper. And, yeah. uh,
1: and that differentiation I think is really crucial to this whole discussion because taking the, the culpability out of the equation is ridiculous people should always be responsible for their deeds and actions but how we choose to go about criticizing people and punishing them for their thoughts and actions i think is exacerbated by a culture of um a culture of imposing beliefs upon other people so because i believe it's wrong to be a white supremacist doesn't mean that a person who's a white supremacist should not be allowed to believe anything i don't Hmm. believe that's right There's a lesser evil to attack, and that's the idea. But the greater evil would be to attack uh, personal sovereignty, because Mm. that affects everybody more broadly. So the question shouldn't be whether or not a person's intent matters in the punishment, but it should dictate the severity of the punishment. If somebody commits a murder out of a fit of passion, uh, or by accident, as a car car crash even if they were driving drunk or something it's totally different from strangling the life out of somebody and accidentally hitting them
0: yeah they have one of those like walls Mm -hmm. those creepy walls with all like the pictures and the plans on them with thumbtacks it's like that sounds a bit premeditated buddy right it's different than i hit him with my car on my way to work i'm so sorry i'm so sorry it's like well you are going to jail but
1: and we recognize this in law because it's so common sense by now for hundreds of years we've known this that intent matters if somebody goes out to deliberately harm somebody else or restrict their rights and freedoms and another person does it obviously by by accident only when it's obvious mm. um there there's a difference in uh in the way it's received by the other person as well if you get your leg broken by somebody who accidentally hits you versus somebody who hits you as a drunk driver versus somebody who hits you because you're gay. Those are yeah. three completely separate situations. And I agree that there should be a classification for hate crimes because they're abhorrent and we really want to stop racism. But to make a classification of a hate crime apply to things as innocuous as words, suddenly you're, you're creating a huge problem out of something that was, I don't want to say minor to minimize the effects that it has on people, but I say minor in the harm that it Literally causes, so it's much more minor to be insulted than it is to be assaulted, and it's much more minor to be assaulted than it is to be murdered.
0: Yeah, you can't equate
1: assault to murder because one has to be worse than the other in every situation, and assault is always going to be worse than insult Mm -hmm. in every situation, no matter how egregious on the one hand the the verbal assault is, and no matter how um, supine the the physical assault is the physical assault is always going to be worse. And it should be because that makes sense. And that makes sense to us culturally and that's my belief and opinion. But that's what we should be open to discussing is the belief and the opinion behind our response and reaction to these types of offenses, as opposed to Dick, strictly speaking, looking at the assault or offense itself, and then just coming up with some arbitrary punishment every single case that comes by. Because yeah. that's not practical.
0: Well, the whole point of our civilization uh, in the, in democratic civilization is freedom from arbitrary power and exactly. freedom from arbitrary authority. And the equality of all people. So it's like, you know, it's like, well, we're doing this in the name of, of justice and racial justice. It's like cool motive still arbitrary authority
1: yeah it's (laughs) like like murdering people in the name of freedom when you go off and start a war to liberate people who didn't ask for it you know what i mean it's like you're like you're you're taking lives that's worse than somebody enslaved and these people aren't technically enslaved they're just oppressed
0: yeah it's like which is why like the americans started they didn't start with killing people they started by throwing tea into this ocean (laughs) and then they got shot at and they're like well i guess this is worth fighting for but we didn't want to start with murder we asked them politely a whole bunch of times and we stopped asking them politely and uh well now they're asking us politely to stop with their (laughs) guns so uh, and it's but we do this everywhere in the
1: world and that's sort of what i want to get to with um with the life thing um moving on from free will talking about meaning in life Mm -hmm. but from free will, as we prescribe meanings based on our beliefs, which are unproven, some beliefs are proven, provable, but most of what we're talking about today is that gray area in between because the provable stuff is just obvious. You just have a proof and there it is. So what we're some only the proof is I'm, just it's
0: worked so far. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: so what I'm talking about right now is the gray area of free will. And when people impose that free will upon other people, they create A greater evil than the one, or a greater harm. I don't want to say evil, but they're creating a greater harm than the one they're supposedly trying to abolish with their actions. So, um, Bill C 16 is an example of this, where they're so against racism that they want to criminalize speech that even gets interpreted as racism as racist. And then they want to exaggerate that crime. And I don't say exaggerate to say that they're just blowing it out of proportion. I mean, literally, they're trying to make that same crime worse. They're trying to exagger- exaggerate a crime by calling it a hate crime. Yeah. And in really clear, obvious situations, I get it. But that doesn't mean that it's okay. Just understanding where people are coming from, thinking that their intentions matter to, um, to abolish racism, doesn't fix the problem that they're causing by trying to abolish it with a bad solution. What we need are thoughtful solutions. And so insofar as free will is concerned, when when you're, you're taking it upon yourself to impose your beliefs on other people, you better be damn sure that those other people not only agree with you, but they welcome it. You, it. it. It is an act of oppression, even if you think you're right, because everybody who oppresses other people thinks they're right. I don't care what you think about Mao Zedong. Mao Zedong thought he was doing the best thing for Chinese people. Like, Stalin thought he was doing the best thing for the Italian people.
0: And it's
1: because of that, that difference in ideological opinion, it's because of that that we have to we have to give enough respect to other beliefs to hear them out and discuss them. You can't just flat out say they're wrong for unprovable things like human interactions or whether or not a war is morally superior or not. Those are all conjectures based on personal opinion.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'll agree with some and disagree with others like strongly and I'll have really good reasons for it, but that's no excuse to impose my will on other people. Right. So, from life, that gets us to uh meaning in life and we're not going to have enough time obviously in this episode. We'll have to devote a whole another episode just to the meaning of life. But I want to touch on it quickly and briefly. It's not
0: 42. It's <laughs> Blueberry muffins. It's
1: forty-one point nine
0: nine 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 nine. We're gonna have a problem.
1: Um, <laughs> we get we derive meaning from from life based on the things we choose to do with our lives, um, based on how we interact with people, the concessions we make during those interactions, and a big part of how we exercise our free will comes down to the endpoint that we want to see in our life, the type of person we want to eventually be. If you're already the person that you want to be, you have very low bar or low standards. Um, that or you're already enlightened, in which case you wouldn't be allowed to admit it because a sage doesn't call himself a sage. <laughs> yeah, so,
0: so I meaning- don't like speaking good about myself because it makes me think I'm pretending to be a sage, which is a catch-22, which means I'm not one. But then the thought of it is wisdom, but then if I admit it's wisdom, I'm an idiot. Ah, it's best just to... Uh- be who i am that's one of those funny (laughs) jolly things (laughs) sorry Sorry, that's one of
1: those funny jolly things about uh buddhism because the buddha was enlightened which means that his flame was extinguished but then had the desire to help other people that desire means that he's not a bodhisattva so like but it was an intentional story
0: he was holding on in order to um, let the light of enlightenment yes. enrich, enrich the world. And then he stayed for a while and was just like, that's enough. And then he just nirvanaed.
1: Yeah, that in order to, that's a desire. So yeah. like, it's contrary to the entire ethos of, of
0: his... He would have had to give that up in order to just exactly. move on.
1: <laughs> yeah. But it's intentional. The contradiction is intentional. Just like God becoming a human through Jesus or the <laughs> prophet Muhammad um, being a, a, a warmonger. <laughs> to put it lightly <laughs> it it's the juxtapositions that make arts and language and intricacies and relationships and all these really deep questions and meaningful things in life um because they are they're not knowably true or false. they have to be discovered and and sort of woven together through experience and time and
0: and deliberate. So the book um actually it's interesting that you beat up the beat up bring up Buddhism because um uh Herman Hess wrote on this in his book Siddhartha, where um Siddhartha is going around and he actually meets the Buddha and he says that's really neat of you to be all enlightened like that, and he kind of listens to him It's like that's his enlightenment, not mine, and he has to go away, but his you know little sidekick his uh you know indian sancho panza decides you know what this guy's really smart i'm gonna hang out with him and siddhartha's like you know go with god or whatever mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> and uh you know all the power more power to you you do it. you do you i'm gonna go off and find my enlightenment because i now know after meeting the buddha that it has to be my meaning that enlightens me and then he goes off and experiences life uh he hangs out in a whorehouse he just fishes for a while and then he meets his guy again he's like oh there wasn't there anything for me he's like I know but you know I have to let you do you and uh, in the end I have to read the book again I read it so long ago he the conclusion is is that wisdom and enlightenment have to be your own and this with regard to meaning these I'm using a lot of synonyms here might as well is that there isn't a meaning. it's like, okay, uh, God said this and God said that, but there's nothing, like, can you point to the Bible and say where God said, yo, here's the point of it. And like, oh, well, the point is to love Jesus. No, 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 that's a means to an end. The the end is heaven. But then you ask, okay, what is heaven? Oh, heaven is this and that and the other. Okay, why do you get to go to heaven? Well, because I lived a meaningful life. It's getting circular here. Mm -hmm. So there must be more to it. And the Bible even forces you to sit down and think about uh, your life and what's important about it what and they ask like the best thing that they ask is what would Jesus do? If I was Jesus, what would I do? If I was Buddha, what would I do? and then you come to these questions and you you have to find that meaning is requisite on the context of your own existence, which sounds really high minded but it's essentially what you just said in. In uh, more uh, matter-of-fact words, yeah. That... A f-
1: a friend of mine recently brought up a, a funny passage from the Bible that I I never really put two and two together on this one before. <laughs> uh, Matthew six. I'm just going to read a, a quick blurb here. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. This quote is immediately preceding the Lord's Prayer, which every Christian church recites verbatim and every, (laughs) uh, like publicly, together, everybody speaks so everybody can hear everybody else memorize and speak it. And it's just hilarious because it's within the same, not even the same book, but like the the chapter right after is the Lord's Prayer. (laughs) The reason why I find it funny, though, is because not just Christians, but people of all faith and religions they feel the, this compulsive need to want to save others. And I get that it's very emotional and meaningfully deep to them, but they need to acknowledge that it's not meaningful to other people and other people need to acknowledge how meaningful it is to a religious person. So we both need to find some, some middle ground or common ground because one is not more right than the other. There's no way of knowably saying one thing is truer than the other. Uh, this spectrum just doesn't work like that. In some regards and in some cases, it is more altruistic to try and save other people's souls than to help them in, in the immediate realm. So the intent is technically pure, but is an in, is a pure intention overcompensating uh, a matter of fact deed, or uh, like a, a material reality change or words that you say. Do those things express just perturbations in in sound waves? Or are those words physically, you know, is a stereo speaker so loud that it's knocking you over? You, like well, there's a physical attachment to words, but that's so rare that that's technically ever the case. That it I applies. think it's almost always the case that it's the other side where it's a variation of belief systems.
0: Yeah. So um, this is an interesting passage and you got an train taken because in, in, um, in Hinduism and uh, in the, um, I guess, samsaric religions, um, You virtue needs to be, and uh, it's is exact opposite of this. So it says later on uh, in Matthew 6, 3, which you quoted Matthew 6, 1, uh, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right is doing. So this is, sounds so cool, by the way, but putting the Bible. <laughs> oh, I love is always, reading the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> it's always kind of cool. Yeah, oh, shout God, out to
1: Brian for pointing that one out.
0: I haven't seen him in a while, but, uh, the, um, the, 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 the samsaric and karmic religions where you celebrate something has happened. So you give money away and everyone's like, money's being given away. Yeah. And there's a party, every time something happens because you celebrate it and you amplify the karma. And then what happens, the point is to take part in that karmic good so that everyone can have a piece of that charity. So, you know it be charitable so that everyone else can be charitable but then it what happens is it goes back to intention and this passage outlines that perfectly because when you intend to do a charitable work um and the bible definitely says do charity please please right. do charity yeah. but like then he says but when you give to the needy do not let your left hand know what your right is doing because when you are when you're Knowingly giving charity, it becomes a transaction. I'm giving you something; you are giving me social uh, capital. Social capital. You making me look good. It's kind of like when um, you know a company gives money to a charity, or you know that. This game is brought to you by the, you know, so-and-so or the Ronald McDonald house or for the tax rebate or the advertising or TD or... bank, putting up uh, rainbows all over their thing. It's like, they don't care if you're gay. They want you to put their money and your money in their bank because they yeah. know that you are an individual. But and the they... funny thing is there's a calculation <laughs> for that. Like they're, they're very
1: meticulously saying, if I spend exactly this much money, I'll get this much back from all the customers I'll get. Yeah. It's an equation right down to the line for them. They really, really don't care.
0: So like I say to the pride community, be like Jesus and overturn the tables of the (laughs) moneylenders because (laughs) they are lying to you. They don't care. And
1: it's disingenuous. Like to get the support of disingenuous people is not garnering more support for your cause. It's placating. It's pandering. What they're doing is condescending and patronizing you as a person and an individual. For everything you believe in and hold dear, they're patronizing you for money, for your patronage, your patronage.
0: So to go on, so, uh, so, you know, don't let your left hand know what your right is doing so that you giving maybe in secret, then your father who sees that what is done in secret will reward you. So God nature, essentially what the Bible is saying is that if you do it in secret, it's you're going to be better off this way. So when they say God is watching, you can say, well, God knows because he's God, God's Big and whether or not he is nature or is beyond nature, what matters is if we look at God as the logos, you know, the way the world works, this will work out better for you if you do charity like this. That's what the Bible's saying here. Whether it's God that's giving you it, whether it's some karmic thing, whether it's just it, that's how reality works, the logos is that's really, and this is really interesting. So, your meaning i think what it's what he's also saying is that you're selling your meaning cheap Mm -hmm. if your meaning is just in a because you're you we all believe that people shouldn't suffer you know there's that one jerk who doesn't but we're not gonna we're gonna ignore him for once what you're doing is you're cheapening your meaning to an extent where it's just something that you can transact it's like look at this look at this it's you might as well just you know it's like wearing a collar It's conspicuous (laughs) consumption. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) of it's conspicuous, it's conspicuous consumption of virtue, and um, it shows that you probably. What it, but it's also communication. Other people can see this, and they, and they, um, they'll act accordingly because they have their own sets of meaning, and they know that. Okay, yeah, he's got enough to give away, but like if I come to him for help and I've seen people like this, you know, you have people, oh, they help all these people, but then they turn to their own family. It's just like, oh, why don't you just pull yourself up by your bootstraps? It's like, what about your people that you're helping? Why Why can't they pull themselves up by their bootstraps? Like you're helping them help. Like I'm in need now, help me. It's like, well, no, that's, that wouldn't be charity. Cause you're part of my family. It's like, charity is charity. <laughs> like, uh, Sorry. I don't like, and the thing is, is that I don't, I rarely ask for help unless I absolutely need it. And it hurts me to ask for help. It's an act of, um, I find it meaningful to be self-sufficient. So it's an act of, and I'll ask someone who I know won't make a big deal of it because I need that help. I don't need, you know, a celebration of virtue. I need someone to take me to the hospital. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, um, and then I'll I, thank and them, you. Were like that, that a lot
1: when we first met too. Like when I was sick and we were in school, you would give me a ride home, and you'd never ask for anything in return, and you never questioned whether or not I had to ask for help because I just sometimes I couldn't take a bus. <laughs> yeah,
0: granted otherwise, right? I remember giving block rides home too. Rides home too. I hated that guy, but <laughs> I just was like, whatever, it's on the way, so might as well do it. But the but thing it, is in your character, in in the way that you want to be,
1: and in the type of society you want to live in, you want everybody to do that type of thing. Whenever somebody needs it, they ask, and when they don't, they don't. But there are Mm -hmm. still going to be people that just ask because they want free shit. Mm -hmm. And you know what? That's fine, they're allowed to ask. But it says something about the strength of their character when me, me, me is all they consider. They -hmm. don't consider your loss in order for them to have a game. Every time you give something to another person, you have to lose something, and that's a provable truth. You're like you, you have to, you have to subtract in order to give.
0: Mm. But I think, oh, go on. Sorry, what I wanted to to just well, what you said the word me me me, and that really unlocked something. That really put a couple things together in my head because I was just thinking that I could do something that wouldn't hurt me, or wouldn't put me too far out, and it would, you know, it would make me feel good. But like I'm helping, and I'm. It, it's but it was hard a not... big deal to me. Yeah, that's the thing. And a lot of people who do these things selfishly, their their locus of meaning, the the place that they put their meaning, is in the self. And okay, this sounds like all like oh, locate yourself outside yourself. But <laughs> it's but the problem is, and we talked about this in when I was going on and on about Alan Watts, is that you are not just yourself. You are you in yes you are just you as far as we can tell i'm just this body and everything else is just something else but i'm a body that thinks within the construct of everyone else in relation to all the other bodies i'm part of a construct i'm part of a web i'm a node in a network that Mm -hmm. i can locate that but i can locate the meaning as part of the network or i can locate the meaning as the node in the network and there's I think the crucial difference that we can get to from this passage here. It's a geocentrism coming back into
1: our, our politosphere.
0: <laughs> yeah. And uh, but like, like, I can't yeah,
1: I, go on. Sorry. I, I didn't want, I just want to make a note. Like I didn't want to quote, the bible just to piss on religion i am very very much in favor of all religions and as many of them as possible because i think it enriches the spirit of human humanity
0: every one so, of them got something right
1: <laughs> yeah so don't misconstrue because every not you but the public because yeah. everybody who has spiritual affiliation or practices rituals regardless of whether or not one person thinks they're silly or stupid or hypocritical or whatever the spirit of the person who's doing the act, the, the members of the congregation are not their church. Their church are is the members, but the members are individual people. And anytime a person is doing or trying to do good um, and they're going about it in a safe and productive way, even if they slightly miss the mark in your opinion, you have to support and encourage that. If all you did was support and encourage people who are trying to do good, eventually more people would get there. But as soon as you start pissing on people's faith or belief systems or for them being wrong or silly or stupid, what you're doing is discouraging those people from trying to better themselves in a way that wasn't harming anybody and in a way that promoted community and, you know, helped the downtrodden and gave upliftment and support to single mothers. And you know what I mean? All the good gets discounted when you rub somebody's opinions and beliefs off because your opinions and beliefs are, um, starkly different. And I just want to make a really stern point that I support all religions and all the nonsense I find in them because there's nonsense in everything I believe too. And it's through our, our community's nonsense that we are human as a species together, as you were saying.
0: What you're saying sounds a lot like do unto others golden rule which shows up in a lot of religions you can find it in a lot some make it the core some have it on the side but you know why would you do this well i wouldn't want it done to me oh, that's a good point and this has been around for a very 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 long time and i think if you have a sense of self you can have you can understand the meaning that you place on yourself but then if you understand yourself as a point of meaning then i am keep bringing this back to meaning i don't have to but i'm trying to no you should and You're helping <laughs> so, so if i i see myself as a a factor that i have to take into account when i'm building my meaning of my life and life in general then what i can do with that piece that i've constructed in my head is i can apply that same principle to other people regardless of anything and this we just call empathy and everyone can do it some more than others but um you know not all of us are created equal and that's okay and we have to empathize with those that (laughs) that's uh, exactly right are uh and that's part of charity too but um the those that do not And and I'm really afraid of these people in all honesty. Like I'm actually, I I, I fear them quite a bit and I'm trying not to act on that fear. Uh, And I I am holding out hope, but the people that do not and deny that sense of self seem to have a rough time with that empathy and it becomes a lot easier to say, well, do unto others. It's like, yeah, well... I don't care about them it's like what about you well i'm just a uh, i'm just a cog in the machine and my life doesn't matter in relation to the cause i'm just like oh no please don't (laughs) and the meaning gets wrapped up not in the self and and, um, this is kind of you need individualism to have freedom because the individuals can act with charity towards one another blah 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 but when you deny the self then you can't have do unto others and then you can ascribe yourself to some horrific monstrosity of a philosophy that does not take part in some form of let's try and get this thing to work whereas you become part of you ascribe a meaning to something uh i don't want to say corporeal because you know if you ascribe meaning to okay i'm part of a group of people i'm an individual in a network of people, and if I affect that network negatively, that network is gonna affect me negatively. Yeah. But if I say But if I say I don't matter, what matters is the idea or the cause, then I don't have to worry about that uh do unto others, and I can do anything. And it's like I'm afraid of these people. <laughs> and uh, And rightly so, because those are
1: the people who cause the most destruction. Like Mm -hmm. historically speaking, those are the ones who harm others for a greater good and they justify the ends or the means by the end.
0: Right. The meaning becomes that greater good instead of the meaning being, be nice to your family. Family is important.
1: Yeah. So I think what we're (laughs) doing is we're like, we're describing the meaning of meaning and in the next episode or part of like the second, I guess, 33.2, we'll talk about meanings from a philosophical vantage point as in epistemology and etymology and what is knowledge and that whole thing. But we might need to, uh, to take a break and veer off onto other subjects before we get to that point. Mm-hmm. But, um, I was thinking, did you have, uh, anywhere you'd like to to wrap up some closing statements for today?
0: No, I think, um, I think I, uh, what I just, my little, um, uh, philosophical adventures there were where I, where my brain where you were taking my brain was that was the yeah. ultimate point of where I take my brain's pretty much turning the cerebral <laughs> excursion has exhausted you. <laughs> yes. Uh plus I need to uh I do have other work I need to do today. I don't just podcast, I do actually have a job.
1: And it's <laughs> hot AF outside. I gotta water the garden. Be, yeah. do my zen for the day.
0: So um maybe final thoughts on my thing will be a uh maybe a small call to action. Um what's something that gives you meaning in your life put in the comments also uh ideas for frivolous gravitas merch that sounded fun (laughs) and i want to see what you guys come up with make it rain because like (laughs) no t-shirts we're not doing hats but like i don't know maybe i was thinking of t-shirts no we gotta be stupid like a frivolous gravitas like i don't know fedora no like a (laughs) like a banner not a flag but like a banner <laughs> like you'd see it like a host of you know ancient soldiers or something or um i don't know we'll work on it yeah we'll work on it just make it make it out there yeah <laughs> we can we can mint our own crypto we could have fg cryptos oh yeah <laughs> it doesn't have to be good It can just no it doesn't be, have to be, be good. a meme it would be a meme crypto not a real one yeah <laughs> Yeah, I don't have the tech for that or the server space. (laughs)
1: I'll look into it with Ethereum. I'll see if we can get a a smart contract together for FG coins. I keep
0: wanting to get a couple Ethereum bucks, but it sounds cool. (laughs) Because I think I've passed the Bitcoin train. I just kind of... Don't. Don't. If you don't know what you (laughs) want to do with it, don't do it. I want to be rich. That's not good enough. (laughs) <laughs> all right we'll stop uh we'll stop meandering yeah
1: check out the rss feed for the audio only version you can find us on itunes as always we're posting our videos on youtube a little bit afterwards and um we've got a what frivolous gravitas uh what do you call it facebook page now i forgot
0: to mention it last oh time. i forgot about that i was hiking in the in the woods so yeah, i we forgot don't about don't a lot of do stuff facebook much so
1: i mean yeah. it's there feel free to comment and look at some pictures and shite like that but
0: yeah we're not going on twitter are we on twitter yeah, we are on Twitter. Oh, why? Frivolous grab one. Oh, you know what we should do? We should use Twitter as kind of a... For the merch. Puke, it's a puke bin. We'll just put random stuff. And, yeah, yeah,
1: you're welcome. I just set it up for SEO so people can find us if they search the, the name easier, if there's more accounts with the same name that link okay. to each other. Yeah. I'm just abusing the algorithms. That's all. I'm not ashamed of it, honest.
0: Yeah, we don't have to have empathy for, uh, you know
1: math <laughs> <laughs> anyway thanks for watching and tuning in guys right. check us out next time on frivolous gravitas
0: ciao q end music <laughs>